Yo, this is episode 67 of Invite the Neighbors. I'm your host, Brian Porter. Um, is this, if this is your first episode listening to the show, thanks for being here. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Invite the Neighbors and on Twitter at ITNPod. Um, and then if you want to see the list of all the episodes, go to invite the neighbors.blueberry, which is B L U B R R Y. Invite the neighbors.blueberry.net. Um, I got them all archived by month and you can see all the bands that have been on and, you know, try and catch up if you like the show. Um, this episode is with the something others from the Royal Oak, Madison Heights area of Michigan. Um, they have a wide age range, by far the widest range. I think they range from like 27 years old to like 50 something, 52, maybe 49. I can't remember. Um, sorry if I got, sorry, 52 was too old. Um, but yeah, they, I got to know them through Dave. He has been a listener of the podcast ever since day one and comes out to see my band in a daydream play. And I see him at different shows around town. Um, doesn't give a fuck that he's 35, still going to the shows, just doing what he wants to do, which I highly respect. Um, and you know, thanks for listening to all the episodes too. Really appreciate it. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash invite the neighbors. Any little thing helps. Um, and hopefully you guys are still staying safe during this quarantine. Stick around to the end of the episode um, with something others premiering a new song, which plays at the end. So stick around for that and make sure you go follow them on all the social medias. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Well, the band's called The Something Others, right? Correct. And you guys are, would you say that you're Royal Oak based? Would I have that right? I would say we're Madison Heights based. Uh, as of Madison whenever Heights. Steven, yes, because Steven, you just moved to Madison Heights, right? Yeah. So that's three quarters of us are Madison Heights, and I'm in Royal Oak. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then, like, how long have you guys uh, been playing together? Uh, we played our first show in April of 2015. Oh, okay, so you guys have been at it for kind of a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the math is we will be coming up to five years. Yes, cool. uh, it's we played our first show five years ago, basically the weekend of the 26th, I believe I was doing some reading uh, and, um, you know, we started shortly before that, like December 2014. So a little over five years we've been we've been jamming. Cool. And um, have you did you guys know each other before? Like, how did you guys meet? Did you guys kind of go way back or was it something where like you guys met each other just like from being in a music community or how did you guys? Uh, we are as close as you can get to being a Craigslist band without actually directly using Craigslist. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I met Chuck through a bass player. I met through Craigslist and then he sort of disappeared and uh, I, I've never heard from him since, but Chuck's been in touch with him and uh, he maybe has more details on him, but that's kind of irrelevant. And then we found Steven, actually we found Steven through Craigslist, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So never mind. We're a Craigslist band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave kind of technically brought, everyone together at first because he knew chuck through i because i because you you brought chuck through craigslist as well right uh no i i i met the other bass player through craigslist and and his name was christian and he he met chuck and brought chuck on board and uh for for like four or five weeks we were all jamming the three of us and then we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do and we wanted to add one more person who was more interested in being a singer than i was so that's that's when we found Steven and then the Christian just disappeared and uh then Chuck knew David. So it was just sort of a combination of the internet plus some some amount of uh organic meeting. Yeah. Gotcha. So like with the formation of the band being that like I don't know, like all over the place is the right phrase, but maybe it is. Um did you have kind of like stuff written? in advance dave that you wanted to like put a band together for or did you just like want to have a band and find members and then kind of jam and see what happened from there mostly the latter i had a couple of uh songs that were sort of one third finished uh steven i think had one song that was like ready to go when he came in right yeah so yeah he had one song and i had some stuff that needed some extra work to get done on it but my plan was like i just brought some ideas and just was going to form a band around that and do that yeah, basically, um, it was a combination of 
I had things, Dave had things later down the line, David had some things, Chuck had some things, and we kind of just we kind of just meshed everything together. Gotcha. So um what would you guys say? Um, cause you know, usually with a band with as many members as you guys, I mean, even in like a you know two or three piece band, they're going to have different influences, but usually if a band has like a somewhat cohesive sound, there's probably going to be some influences in common. So if you guys, are you aware of any like influences that are, that you guys all share in common? I think we're kind of spread to be honest. Yeah. We did this thing when we were applying for, uh, arts beats and eats. They're like, who do you sound like? And we were just like, well, that's not easy to do. Cause we're all coming from different, like, uh, points of view and different musical styles. There's a little bit of overlap for some of it. Like I think Steven and David and I are all a little bit into what was going on in the, the punk scene in like the mid two thousands. But there's a big age gap there too. Like I'm in my thirties and Chuck's in his forties and, uh, Steven, you're how old? 27. And how old are you, David? I, 27, I believe. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> you think, maybe, you think you're 27? Thought. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so there's well, a little bit of an age gap. So the stuff that I liked from that era was a little bit older and different than the stuff that Steven liked and still was a little bit different than what David brought to the table as well. Yeah, I think to be honest, I think the the inspiration came down to um, from the beginning when we all talked to each other, I think, and uh, Chuck can chime in whenever he connects. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think he's more into the eighties metal scene. Uh, Dave was really into the nineties. Um, indie scene. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, uh, I guess that kind of, uh, a lot of nineties, a lot of 90s music and then i think me uh personally uh more into progressive rock indie rock past um 2000 and then i think david would be a lot of indie rock himself but you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on that but i think that's how how it's how it kind of came about i mean i'm I, i am a child of the 90s so there was a lot of nineties rock in there just by virtue of when I grew up, but also, you know, I still listen to modern stuff. Now I go to shows all the time where I used to before we had a lockdown all the time now. So, uh, I wouldn't say that that's my primary thing. I, I sort of just write to whatever is feeling at the time. And it, this is, um, I think the difference between us and a lot of the bands you've had previously is that we, we really are more of the, we're doing it as a side thing. Cause we enjoy music, not so much trying to make it. Cause I don't know about the other guys, but I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm going to be a rock star at this point. Um, but I still like, you know, the scene's still a really cool thing to hang out in. So that, that's sort of my goal with this whole thing. I gotcha. Um, just a second. Um, hold on. I gotta take care of a cat related issue real fast. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I'm curious, like, as you guys played shows, you know, have you, has have anyone, like, come up to you guys and say, like, hey, you remind me of this band? Because I'm trying to, like, get a get a sense. Yeah. Of, like, have you been com- compared at all? I'm kind of curious, like, of what people have compared you to. Do you remember any of those, Steven? Because I got a few. Uh, yes, I've definitely heard a couple. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of been a, a mix. I think I've heard, hell, I've heard Pixies. Um. um at once. <laughs> well, that's the uh, thing. Who do you hear it from? Because I, I used to introduce us to other bands on the bill when we met as, I don't know how we sound, but imagine the Pixies if they kind of sucked and that's us. Um, and that, yeah, you know, that, that usually works out pretty well for what they like. <laughs> um, but I've, I've heard us be compared to Minus the Bear and Guided yes. by Voices and Dinosaur Jr. And there was one more, uh, but it's it's kind of mm-hmm. that that sort of indie alternative rock, but alternative in like the eighties, like late eighties sense, not alternative in like the radio sense. Well, that's kinda funny gotcha. because I remember when we did a uh, we did another show a while back. Um, I don't yeah, know if it would be considered a radio yeah. show or a podcast, but I remember when we played a song, someone said they reminded they we we reminded them of Coheed and Cambria. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Interesting. I don't remember that. Did they say that in the room while we were there? Um, someone made a comment online when we were doing the show. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I remember when we did the other podcast uh, with Tiny. He, he said like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." Fighter. 
He said Foo Fighters, I remember. I've heard that too. Yeah, we've been all over the place. Um, the way I've always phrased it, people is we play loud electric guitar music, which is itself a Fugazi reference. So <laughs> um, that's good enough, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Minus the Bear is one that I, I, if I ever got that one, I'd be like, awesome, thank you. I love Minus the Bear. Yeah, I was Foo pretty happy with that too. one. Yeah. Now, do you guys incorporate like a lot of effects into your sound or is it more of like a straightforward style? Define a lot. Yeah. Like, do you get, I mean, like, obviously, you know, it's having a delay and a reverb here isn't, isn't, you know, a lot, but, you know, I'm thinking in terms of like minus the bear where they have like the, the loopers, like two DL fours on like, he's got like, I think Dave Nudson had like four DL fours on his board and, you know, things like a lot of digital effects, a lot of looping, things like that. I'm kind of just curious, like how deep do you guys go into the world of effects? Cause I have, to, I love them. <laughs> we're not that substantial like we don't have a lot of um like doubled up effects like that where there's multiple tiers of delays and things like that but like mm-hmm. we all have pretty substantial pedal boards or facsimiles of pedal boards because uh steven's amp is one of those built-in ones right so i have a old school line six um i think they uh it's i think it's technically it's a an combination. AX2. Yeah, it's an AX2. I think they technically classify it as a combination of a tube and a solid state, but in the that might be wrong. But the main the main thing about it was that it has a, a lot of effects built into it already. Like the spider amps that are pretty popular, but with this model there's a lot more. And um yeah, I just play I play a lot with the built-in effects on it and then I connect to a just a floorboard with four switches that I can mess around with. Okay. You just like set your presets or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. And I I have a pretty big pedal board and people have commented, like, do you use all those effects all the time? I'm like, well, the answer is yes, but I don't use all of them on every song or on most songs. Even usually I have like two or three on at a time and just kind of pick and choose. And hell for uh, David has a, a decent pedal board as well. The bass, yeah. Um, cause I'm a guitar player usually, but um, I did want to add like fuzzes and distortion for the bass. Uh, I got like an organ pedal too, just to help with like covers and stuff. And I managed to throw it in two songs here and there. Gotcha. Yeah, I think like you can never underestimate the power of adding a little fuzz to the bass. Like, oh yeah. Especially like if you're going for like a dynamic sound like if like you have like a big chorus that hits in with like a wall of sound adding a little bit of yep, exactly. fuzz to the bass is just it can make all the difference even though you might not notice it you wouldn't really notice it unless it wasn't there type of thing um, yeah but um what about um in terms of like lyrics who writes do you guys have a collaborative approach or is there just like kind of one person that writes the lyrics or what's what's your guys's approach with that We've been doing it um, all over the place, actually. Uh, mm. When we first started, we generally someone would have an idea for a song and bring in most lyrics finished. A few songs they've taken longer because I have to like rewrite lyrics and figure out what they have to work in for the ones that I would sing. Um, Steven does probably sixty percent or seventy percent of our songs lead vocals, so he sings. He writes most of those lyrics, but we've done a few where it's been collaborative, right? Yeah. So, um, well. I guess not much to add to that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about being collaborative, but the music definitely. Yeah, more the music-wise, it would be more collaborative. The lyrics, it would be um, David, Dave, or I will bring in something. Sometimes, hell, uh, on a on a on a rare occasion, David will bring in something, Chuck will bring in something, and then we'll kind of just put our uh, opinion on on them, and then we'll change a few things. Gotcha. I feel like lyrical collaborations are probably the most difficult just because like that's, you know, the most vulnerable part by far for me about about like putting yourself out there is the lyrics. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Putting that even on the cutting Anybody board. Hear me for, yet? There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there he is. Hey, what up? But yeah, just like all the settings. 
Yeah, I, I was having a lot of issues with this yesterday, and then no idea what changed, and then it was just working. So I, I, I don't know. This thing can be kind of screwy. Um, Technology 2020. Hell yeah. I mean, you get what you pay for, right? Like, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah, well, you're money. giving the old guy technology to use here, so give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I, you know, I still much prefer the in-person episodes, but this is nice. Figuring yeah, it's a little out tricky is, right now, unfortunately. I mean, for the for yeah. the benefit of your listeners, that was the plan at one point. I we were gonna get right. all together and we were gonna do the usual thing. We're around and we're talking to each other face to face, and like I, I was gonna show off my home studio to Brian, and we were gonna like record a demo like we normally have, like acoustic stuff. But we, we're not really an acoustic band, so I was just gonna like pull stuff together. I had all these plans, and then suddenly, you know, uh, this thing came through and said no, and that sucks. But uh, we're making it work. Yeah. And this, I mean, it is cool too, because like I've, this month I have so many episodes with bands from out of state, like way more than I've ever done. So it, you know, I'm going to just keep doing that once the quarantine is over, you know, I'm going to just keep getting more and more bands from wherever, you know what I mean? I'm not going to limit myself as much as I used to, to just doing the in-person thing. Cause honestly, it's, as much as I love doing the in-person stuff, it's, it is kind of nice to just like be done with an episode and then just be done. Like I don't have to leave. I don't have to like host anybody. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it's not that I'm antisocial, but sometimes it's, it's nice to just like, it's very low maintenance. You know what I mean? So yeah, you don't even have to put on pants if you don't want to. Dude, I'm literally laying on the on a beanbag chair in my girlfriend's room right now. Like <laughs> I'm just hanging out. Nice. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that in person, um, the the in person thing with the podcast is definitely a, a thing. I I'm listening to a newer podcast who has to. Um, they were trying out this thing where they were doing it over, um, this video chatting service, and they're like, "Yeah, this isn't the same. I hate this." <laughs> so it's like it's in person or not. There's definitely a difference. So who knows what would have happened if we were in person right now? Yeah. I think like also one of the biggest challenges with this can be if you have like a lot of people who are really talkative, it's a good thing, you know, in general. And but it's easier to navigate that in person because you can actually see who's about to talk. Whereas a lot of times on Discord, you'll run into the issue where it's like three people say something at once and then all three of them get silent so that they think someone else can talk. And then, so it's like everyone talking at once and then no one talking and then everyone talking, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it can be like, it can be kind of funny like that. Oh, I spent probably 30 or 40 minutes last night kind of rooting around in my house. Like, do I have a webcam somewhere in case that would make things easier? And it turns out I don't, I don't think I do. So it doesn't matter. But have you done that yet where you've just got everyone so you can kind of see each other a little bit? Um, I haven't tried, like I tried doing it yesterday. Um, I did an episode with, with my second band pursuer and we kind of did it just to, we haven't been able to jam. So we did, we did it kind of just like to catch up and all just talk to each other. So we wanted to do a video for that. And we it just, for some reason, it, videos just wasn't working in discord. Yeah. So okay. I, uh, it's all for I the mean, best gonna, then, I guess. Yeah. And I was thinking about maybe trying out zoom because you can record, I guess, up to like 40 minutes of video. Yeah. I just, um, I just tried zoom because my whole family wanted to, to, to have a, a family conference on zoom which is a nightmare to me, but <laughs> I mean, it worked out. Everybody was on. Um, there's a thing where you, yeah, you can, you can view multiple people at a time or you can have a thing where I think this is, I don't know if this is on mobile only or not, but you can set it up to where um, it will show one recorded uh, one, one's person face at a time only when they talk. So when one person talks, it just automatically shows their face and then it switches over to the next person that starts talking. It's interesting, but um, I don't know. Yeah, depends on of... depends on the medium. If you're if you ever on a podcast, I guess in person would be better. But who knows? So, what are um, what are some of your guys' uh, podcasts that you, you enjoy listening to? What was the one you were talking about? Yeah, I got a lot, so I'm gonna go last. <laughs> what was the one you were just talking about, Stephen? Um, well, I don't really listen to podcasts that much. Uh, the only few I've listened to are you were just telling a story, man. What, what, what are you well, talking that was about? just well, that was just one podcast. All right, um, all right. 
and like I said, they were new. I like um I like some I like comedy podcasts. Um oh yeah. There is a old one that's not around anymore called Ten Minute Podcast. Dude, yes. Crystalia and Brian Callen. Uh, and, uh, that's a Will that's Sasso. a classic. Yeah. That one is not around anymore. Um I know Brian Callen now does his podcast with uh Brendan Shop called Fighter um, the Kid. Fighting the Kid, yep. So I'll watch I'll watch like clips from that, but I don't watch the full thing. Um uh joe rogan's podcast i will watch clips from here and there and the there is there is one podcast that i will listen to in full right now that's called bad friends which features bobby lee and and andrew santino that's some funny shit i like that a lot i listen to literally all those and uh (laughs) congratulations to crystalia is probably my my favorite and he, whenever Crystalia goes on the fighter and the kid, like him and oh yeah, that's that's some uh, that's some like comedy duo right there. It's so funny. And they're um, they're they keep hinting at it, and I'm pretty sure Brian Callen just like openly admitted it, but didn't really like give the details. But Crystalia keeps hinting that they're gonna bring it back. Um, bring so what I'm pretty back? Sure the the ten minute podcast. Okay, so let me let me comment on that. So what happened to the ten minute podcast was. Um, so anyone who's listening, including the people on this call, these are all comedians. Um, well, except for Will Sasso, he's more of a he's more of an actor. He doesn't really do stand up. But um, basically, ten minute podcast was well. It started out with Will Sasso, Brian Callen, and Chris D'Elia. That kind of devolved, and it did, it it went into its own thing to a point where they actually gave away the ten minute podcast name to some fan. He did some things, but then it kind of stopped. Um. At the end of that, Will Sasso and the guys that he was doing that with at the end, they were hinting at a new podcast, but I never heard the names come up with uh, Chris D'Elia or Brian Callen because they're just so busy with other things, especially now since they have their own podcasts. And uh, yeah. Will Sasso doesn't now. He technically doesn't have one now. So I think he's going to do this new thing, maybe in the future, uh, with the last people he was doing the 10 minute podcast with, which were comedic writers, which were. Um, two people I can't remember. Um, but they were talking about yes, they were talking about starting something new. But yeah, as far as po- as far as podcasts go, um, I listen to those. Um, but I mean, not much else. After, um, other than that, yeah, I'll, I'll let the other guys get to their answers too because I could literally talk about comedy podcasts all day. Like that's yeah. the reason I I even got into podcasting was because I I love comedy podcast and i listen to them literally all day every day like i it's almost like I, I listen to them so much that i'm not even comfortable with like silence anymore it's like i'm i love having just silliness going on around me but all right yeah. i'll let the rest of you guys get to it and i listen to smoke and mirror of course that one i haven't heard of <laughs> that one's mine <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah feel free to plug that <laughs> it's, it's it's not necessarily a podcast we broadcast live um <clears throat> cave oh, it's live. broadcasting oh okay um, usually every tuesday but with the sh- you know the lockdown the station shut down right now it's strictly internet radio um we do stream live it is uh recorded and then we put it up as a podcast a couple of days later um but it's just it's all music related we interview uh bands from all over um i guess i could say the world because we've interviewed people from uh across the pond uh we've interviewed people from puerto rico we've talked to folks from brazil peru um, australia france um switzerland or sweden i'm sorry not switzerland sweden um but then we talk to a lot of just national guys that are around here uh, in the States. Um, but a lot of, it all started, we were trying to focus on, on local bands, give them kind of a voice and get them out to people who may not otherwise hear them. Um, and just over the years, it's kind of turned into, you know, working with different PR uh, reps or, across the country um for different record labels and we just get whatever artists they send us um we've got a pretty good 
relationship with one or two of the PR reps that work for Dave Ellison's record label, uh, EMP Records. They send us a lot of their artists. Um, it's just it's cool. We get to go see a lot of uh, a lot of really cool concerts that you know go down and and photo pit, take pictures, talk to the bands. It's great. Um, my biggest claim, and the guys are probably sick of hearing me say anything about it. I don't really care. Um, we got to go see Motorhead, um, their last show here in Detroit at the Fillmore, but what, two or three months before Lemmy died. Um, oh, wow. We've got probably 250 to 300 pictures of that concert. My wife was, you know, three feet away from Lemmy just snapping pictures like crazy. And, um, it's just a cool thing to do. Um, my 14 year old daughter, uh, has gotten into photography. She goes to festivals and goes into the photo pit. Um, it's worked out really well for her. Uh, our oldest daughter started this, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And then we've been doing the radio show for about four years. Um, it's just, it's a blast. Same thing as you, you know, you get to talk to people. Um, all different races, religions, creed, colors. It doesn't even matter. It's just, it's about the music. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter what the style of music is. It's just about the, the creative expression, um, the passion that goes into it. I mean, you're putting, you write a song, you get up there, you play it, you're putting your heart and your soul into something and, and sharing it with the world. And it's just, it's one of the coolest fucking things you can do in life so yeah no i i I highly agree especially like one of my favorite parts has been like the in-person episodes when people like perform a song like you realize like how many talented people you come across like on a weekly basis i'm like holy crap like there's so like so many cool bands have just played in my bedroom or in my living room it's just like this is badass (laughs) that's that's been awesome yeah but, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. We've got a little studio set up. We've got a drum kit there. They can do whatever they want. Um, we've got amps, mics, the whole bit. Um, that's awesome. It's it's a good time. Um, as far as podcasts I listen to, I really don't. I'm 49 years old. Podcasts are kind of well past me, so I just I listen to the radio. Um. I make my playlists online and I just listen to the stuff that I want to listen to. And it's all just music. I mean, I love comedy. Don't get me wrong, but I just podcasts just aren't something that I listen to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How old are you? (laughs) Did you not know this? There's no way. Did you say you're 49 Chuck? Turned 49 last week, sir. Yeah. Did you not know this, Steven? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know I'm fucking ancient, dude. I thought you were I, like I thought you were I thought you were in your early 40s. What what ha- what happened? He was at one point, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh, well, 5 years ago I was 44, so yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, well I, so uh one thing that I don't know if you the band really knows, I am a longtime listener of Invite the Neighbors and Brian is constantly talking about how he's the oldest person in the room, which for me, as a person, I did listen to that in one podcast too. He's like, "Yeah, I, th- I think I'm the oldest person on this call." I'm like, "Bro, you don't even know." <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I'm 35. I go to the sh- same shows that Brian does, and uh, and that kind of stuff where, where we see each other sometimes. And it's it's like, yeah, no, it's you're, you're not that old. Don't worry. And then when, whenever Chuck's anywhere, he's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna win this one." It's it's not. <laughs> yep. Hey, I go to the same shows with my daughters, man. Right. So. Yeah. You're the cool. You're the cool dad. You know, it's that that's something that we can all strive for. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> that's funny, man. So what about uh what about you, Dave? Um. Let's see here. The one, the one that I'm going to plug is if if you are into this kind of behind the scenes stuff that Invite the Neighbors is about, or if you check out what what Chuck does for uh, Smoke and Mirrors, I I do a lot of stuff for um, home studio recording and production work, and it's called Recording Studio Rockstars, and it's a guy based out of Nashville named Lid Shaw, and he he gets like real serious people to come in and talk about stuff. Like he's he's gotten like Steve Albini, and he's gotten um, I think he got Clear Mountain once. That might have been tape up. 
podcast though. I can't remember. So th- those are really good. If you are interested in hearing like just cool stories about like how people work in studios and, and who they work with and just fun things to talk about, whatever it's, it's, that's a good one. Uh, probably my favorite general comedy adjacent podcast is called behind the bastards. And it's a uh, historical recount of what the host considers the 1% worst people in history. So like the first episode it's stuff you don't know about the fact that like, did you know that Hitler had a big uh, appreciation of American Western fiction, like, like cowboy, like pulp novels. <laughs> um, so like, that's the first episode. And he, he generally it's people who are, you know, autocratic dictators or, um, you know, uh, grifters who are selling snake oil or any number of like, you know, charlatans who use like religious conviction. Like, Ellen Hubbard's one of the best episodes because Ellen, Ellen Hubbard is probably the most successful person in history based on what his attempted goals were because the dude ended up living on a, like a giant cruise ship for like half of his life and like evading taxes and just like having all kinds of crazy sex. Um, and that was exactly what he had to do when he formed religion. So stuff like that. <laughs> so those are the two I'm going to recommend because I, I listen to enough that I can go on for a long time. <laughs> gotcha. That's pretty sweet. I was just, when you said like something about um, having a bunch of crazy sex, what was it? Sex and then what? Did he say uh, that? I don't remember that. I did. Alan Hubbard, he spent yeah, a he lot did. of his life living on a cruise ship that Church of Scientology owned and he was avoiding taxes by staying off, off like, oh, the mainland. See, I thought you were talking about Donald Trump for a second because you said no, 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 no. avoiding taxes and having a lot of crazy sex. I was like, oh, to, okay. to my knowledge, Donald Trump does not live on a boat. Um, but it's, you know, uh, his religion is not nearly successful as Scientology. It's the other part that's important. So uh, keep that in mind. It's only, as matter, well. it's only a matter of time, dude. God, don't. Let's <laughs> not go. We're, we're actually. Uh, an overtly apolitical ban for the most part, because we have a pretty decent cross section of ideas between the four of us. So uh, we, we try to avoid that kind of stuff in reality. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, there was, um, I actually wrote some questions down because I want to be a better host. And I, um, question I came up with that I kind of like is, um, when you think about is like first of all, is music your favorite art form? And if it's not, like, what is their favorite art form that's not music? Tattoos, porn. <laughs> porn. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. <laughs> um, no, I think it. Uh, I don't know. I think music might be my favorite, to be honest. Uh, music's yeah. definitely my favorite. I, I mean. I, I try to be involved in other arts as little as I can um, while I'm thinking about it. Uh, Tangent Gallery is doing a GoFundMe because they're having trouble right now. And I encourage everyone to go find the GoFundMe for Tangent Gallery Detroit and give money to it. But um, yeah, it's it's music's all the way. Like I spend so much more time thinking about music and, and working on it and all that stuff compared to anything else. Uh, it's not even close. So maybe a better way to ask the question would be like outside of music and so the disclaimer being you can't mention music outside of that what art form do you think is in your mind like the most respected to you or like seems that seems to be the most difficult to uh, either succeed at or just be a part of in general that's a good question i don't actually i'm not super artistic otherwise i appreciate things but i music's really the thing i spend most time with um it could be any number of things. Like I, I, I'm a member of the DIA. I go, uh, I try to do things. Um, I'm good friends with a number of folks who, uh, are in the art scene in Oakland County. And I try to go and support their shows when I can. Uh, so I guess like the visual stuff where, you know, Steve Gambert is an artist who paints and he's really great at watercolor and that's always fun. Uh, I guess that's my answer. All art is really tough right now because, you're always trying to find a space where you are competing for attention with things that are readily available without having to leave your house. And that makes it really tough. So when you want to have an art scene or a music scene or whatever, you have to sort of make sure people know about things and make sure people engage in them. And that, that, that first part's easy. That second part's really hard for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly struggling to think of different ways to have people engage with the podcast because like it just it's it's so hard to grow something i feel like you have to get really lucky i mean i'm at the point where it's just like if i get a bigger band coming on the podcast i just 
bite the bullet and I just pay to advertise it on Instagram. I'm like, I've, I've tried having, you know, different approaches, maybe like having people comment questions for bands that are coming on and just nothing really seems to catch. So I've, lately I've just been paying <laughs> and I've yeah. been getting listens and likes that way. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to just, you know, I'll just pay. <laughs> but I, I mean, like music, we have a pretty good scene in Detroit, so it's not terrible if you know what you're doing. You don't have to pay to get on stage in Detroit. But for a lot of the art stuff, from what I understand, it's like you are spending money to put your stuff up in a gallery or a makeshift studio space. If you're doing film stuff, it, it's way more expensive to just get it done and get it out there. And then you have to find a place to premiere it. Um, so it's always tough. And I don't I don't have a good response uh, just because I've, you know, you know, maybe this is where the wrong band asked the question for it, because this band is for us a side thing that we do because we really dig being in the music scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have some friends who are who they are professional artists that I would love to ask this question for. Um, <clears throat> but uh, speaking of putting your stuff out there, uh, Brian, your, your, your band's called in a daydream, right? Yeah. I, I want to ask this before I forget. I remember listening to a song from you guys and now I can't find it anymore. Can you, t- can you tell me where I can find that? <laughs> oh, um, if you did, it was it's a really old song that so in a daydream is a long answer, but this is the only way I can really think of. Um it used to be like when I was in high school, I started it with my friend Brad and like we he played drums and we grew up kind of like we got good at our instruments by playing together and we wrote a batch of songs and that song that's on Bandcamp, which I mean it's it's still up there. Um it's just in a daydream.bandcamp.com. Like you can hear that song and everything. It's just like a kind of crappy home recording of just me and him. Um, but in terms of like the record I'm making right now, we don't have any music out that's like what we actually play live now. Um, I'm working on. I was actually getting really close to finishing that record, but then the quarantine hit, and now set back. You know, so I have like five songs that all I really need to do is just finish up vocals and then do the mixing and stuff. But I can't even start that until the quarantine's over. So that's the long answer. All right. We just have a band camp and that's where everything will be once, you know, once this all gets finished up, but you are still part of the band in a daydream, correct? That's your current band. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my, like, that's the band where I'm like the, the sole songwriter. Um, and then I'm in another band called Pursuer, where I just play lead guitar. Um, and we're writing an album with that one too. They they were a three piece before, and they have you know a few EPs that are on Spotify. Um, have you played a lot of shows with them yet? Like, cause I, I I I met them the last time I saw you know Daydream play live at the Blind Pig, and I'm like yeah. I I found out later like oh Brian joined that the Pursuer band. I'm like okay that's cool. Um, but have you played a lot with them? Cause it, that wasn't that long ago. No, we only played one show. We played at the Loving Touch. Okay. Um, we had like, a, it was cool. Like my first show with, with them was an Audio Tree Presents show um, with, it was Mother Folk, Beta Camp, and the Running Youngs was the lineup. And couldn't have, couldn't have gone any better. Like it was awesome. But And we had some more shows lined up. And, you know, like the week before um, we were supposed to play again at New Way Bar in Ferndale is when uh governor whitmer said not the shelter in place but the one before right, that that's kind stopped, of banned. Yeah. yeah yeah but we're you know we're busy working on writing an album right now and you know it's kind of the same old same old same story for us as for any other band right now we're kind of just in a holding pattern and doing what doing what we can to uh be productive i'm kind of curious like have you guys been doing anything to like be productive as a band or are you kind of just kind of waiting it out? It's kind of waiting it out. Yeah. I, you know, we probably should, we should have talked about that. I, I've been working on stuff. <laughs> um, not, not a lot of something, other stuff, but a little bit, I've been doing some just preliminary stuff to get some ideas together. Um, but I also like, I, because I, I was working in a little, um, another friend of ours, uh, another band called Turnt, who uh, people should check out as well. They're putting out an EP and they managed to get it recorded before everything shut down. So I've been mixing that for them and it's, it's been going pretty okay. So I've been, Oh really? Busy, but um, we, we probably should have gotten, yeah, we, we should, we should have been talking to each other. We, we probably should be working on stuff on our own. So when we come back together, we have somewhere to go <laughs> to do stuff. 
Well, I mean, I guess as far as like upcoming so, uh, that's, that's... music, um, I have been I have been uh, dab, uh, dabbling in, in a little bit of that stuff. But I mean, we t- we technically, I mean, we have we have we might have something coming out soon. I don't know. I don't know if we can talk about that right now. Well, I mean, it's not a surprise that because um, we're going to have a song premiere on this episode for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, and Brian, did you get that, by the way? I sent that to you today. Oh, I haven't checked my email, but I'm sure I did. If I didn't, I'll let you know. All right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, through the power of editing, people should be able to hear it. It's not out yet. It's We're going to um, set its release on April 24th on Bandcamp, but it's called They Used to Be Scientists. Uh, it's a it's primarily a Steven joint, but we all contributed our own parts to it and things like that. And it's it's pretty cool. I, I'm actually pretty pleased with that one. It's a lot of fun to play live. Yes, it's very different from what we usually play. Um, I dedicated it to my friend. He goes by Pez. He used to he used to be a scientist, and that's why we we named the song after that. We were talking about music, and he just said you should name a song called "I Used to Be a Scientist," and then I rolled with it, and we made the song. And that's it's for cool. it's for science. <laughs> it's for science. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do you guys have music um, out online right now? We do. Uh, oh, we're yeah. on Bandcamp. Um, Hell, have... if you if you if you Google search the something others, you will you'll find us. Word. Cool. No. Or they can just go to the somethingothers.bandcamp.com and not have to look. Because um, <laughs> well, I mean that's the first one you would you would find. But yes, that's true. Something yeah, yeah. the somethingothers.bandcamp.com. That is the official main uh, main location for our music. Yeah, and so I mean, we have a couple of advantages for a lot of the bands. We, we between the four of us, we have two home studios that are well equipped, and we can just do whatever, whenever, if we need to. Um, current situation notwithstanding, so we we've put out essentially two albums and a couple of singles as well, just at, at our leisure, uh, because we don't have to worry no so much about like saving up money for studio time. We don't have to worry so much about like playing shows to make sure that we have that money for the studio time in the first place. Um, you know, we don't have to worry about distribution. Like I set up a, a publishing label for us. So I know how to do all that stuff too, where we can just get it out there. Um, I can't speak for the other three guys, but sort of the unspoken thing for me in this was to do as much DIY as possible. So that's what we've been doing. No, I agree. It's been definitely uh, really easy for us to, to release stuff. And I definitely have to think, thank the rest of the band members for that especially dave and david um they mainly have the recording studio and they they mix and master here and there and yeah it, it definitely saves money it say it gives us more like we can re- we can release stuff quicker if we wanted to it it definitely it's it, it's really cool especially as a diy kind of band yeah and i mean one of the things that I, I've noticed having been in the scene for a few years now and watch it, it's the thing that's actually holding us back is really just us. Cause we are, we all have working stiff jobs. Like we all, we all go in and do whatever to work in the day job. And so we really only practice once a week. And that is one of those things you start noticing. Oh yeah. When you, when you, if we were to kick it up to two to three times a week, like some other bands, like things would be different. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm pretty happy with the way things are going in normal circumstances. So it's not been a huge priority. And you know, I, before this band, I had never played an original song on stage. I'd done a lot of cover bands um, that were not particularly good. And like, this is actually a lot more fulfilling than that. So I'm pretty happy about things. Agreed. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, like since you guys have such like a wide, a wide age gap in your band. And like, you know, I think social media presence, if you just look at like demographically, it's going to skew younger, like, you know, like the younger you are, the more likely you are to be on social media. And you guys like, you know in your band you kind of hit a couple different age demographics so i'm curious like if you guys have a particular approach to being on social media or is it something that like maybe isn't a priority because personally like uh, i wouldn't be on it if i didn't feel like i had to be but i'm just curious like if you guys prioritize that at all or and if like maybe that your guys's age gap influences that at all in your mind hell no Oh hell yeah! I, I leave the social media to the young guys. I, it's well. Here's the thing. So there's a lot to cover here, and we are on like social media that we don't actively use. 
uh, as a, here's a hint for new bands who are starting out. If you search for your name on name search engines to find out if the social media is available, you can find something that's available on everything you care about. That's probably a good chance that no one's got your name yet. We did that. Um, and for the first two or three years, uh, we didn't touch it. I think at all, as far as I know, um, we do have a Facebook and a Twitter and an Instagram. I don't know what's going on with Instagram because I don't pay attention to Instagram, but I, I, I do a lot of posting on Twitter. We do some stuff on Facebook for shows and other promotional stuff. Like we're going to promote this show or this, this appearance on Facebook once we're done recording. Um, but is anyone handling Instagram at all? Uh, that, was, that was mostly David the last time I checked. Yeah. That's um, funny. Yeah, it's well. That's the thing. It's, if if you look and you read into like music business stuff, they recommend that you keep track of who your target demographics are in terms of age groups. Different groups of people by age will use different social media, just in general. So, Facebook is for the olds. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> Instagram is for a younger crowd. That's usually people who are in their twenties. TikTok is picking up. TikTok's a lot of work though, so like I don't I don't see us ever doing. TikTok. Yeah, I'm good. Um, and that's just one of those things where it's just it's you kind of have to know who you're playing for and what they're paying attention to and how to get stuff going on. Um, the one that that I think does the best job of making it easy to announce shows and organize that stuff is Facebook, based on what I've seen. But you also have to keep in mind that not everyone uses Facebook and nor should they for the most part. So it's uh, it's an interesting thing to go. If, if we were more serious, we would definitely have a more comprehensive strategy. But th- there are things to consider in that regard. Gotcha. Yeah, like like I said, if I didn't feel like I had to be on it, I just wouldn't. I, I, I don't. It's one of my least favorite things about like trying to make it as a musician is like all this shit you have to do that's not music. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's true. Like, because essentially when you're doing music for a living or if you're running a band, you're, you're essentially running a small business. And there's always stuff in a small business you have to take care of that is not like what you got into the business to do. But that's just the nature of the universe basically is that there's always some headache you have to handle so you can do the stuff you actually want to do yeah yep it's annoying but you know it is what it is oh yeah and uh i was gonna say i have another question here so this usually gets people thinking so like if you could play like your dream show like you would get to be on it but like who else would you want maybe a couple other bands who else would you want to play with and like what would be like the venue that you'd want to play you guys can all think about that. Uh, well, I'll just I'll just play I'll just put this out there recently. Uh, we play we just recently played a dream venue that I thought I wouldn't be a part of, which was the Pike Room above uh, the Crowfoot in Pontiac. That was kind of a dream come true for me. Um, but I guess for my dream show, I'll have to think about it. But yeah, uh, the. Uh, we, we we recently I, actually I think that was technically our last show was the Pike Room and that was, that was. pretty cool that was really really cool but uh, I don't know what uh, anyone got anything I I mean I have a it, it's a weird question for me because I I'm constantly trying to think okay what bands do I want to try to put a show together with um we 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 had a show coming up that I think is not going to happen and it would be postponed for the end of yeah. April that was it was going to be us and Labor Day weekend and Turn and Sleepology and that that is a banger of a lineup where, you know, I put it together, but I'm fairly certain we would have been the weakest link in that chain of bands, which is always nice. Um, but in terms of like the dream project, uh, like what's the show you would want to play with like your, your like idols on it. Is that really what you're asking? Yeah. Like if you could play like, you know, any sort of show, like, you know, like, all right. You know, so you know, I have an know, answer. Screw reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screw reality. I have an answer for this. I would want to be the opening band on a lineup of us, Sigils Big West, Bear vs. Shark, and Fugazi for a Fugazi reunion in DC. Dude, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Hell yeah, right? <laughs> that's not pretty dope. <laughs> um, See, in terms of venue, you know, I, I used to live in the DC area, but I didn't go to shows as much. So I, I don't know what would be the right place, but it'd probably be the 930 Club, which is fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> for, for that kind of lineup, that'd be a smaller... I, I would want a smaller venue for that because that just sounds... Like something smaller would be cool. I like I like the smaller clubs. Like as like I don't I don't know what what it's what it is about like huge festivals or huge venues like uh like a DTE. Um, but like sometimes they're cool. But I always love I always love a small show that I would like to go to. Like a what's what's that what's that venue at at the Ferndale that's kind of small? 
loving uh, touch or new loving, way bar. Yeah, lo- yeah, either yeah, either or loving touch or new way touch uh, new way bar. Those are those are both great places to play. But I love loving to, touch. Yeah, that's a good venue. Speaking of Bear versus Shark, we saw Bear versus Shark at the Loving Touch. Me and Dave, we saw the, we saw them with Spigsley West. Like the, part of the reason oh, yeah, why this came right. so easily is because, like, yeah, that was pretty close to like my dream lineup already. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. That was such a good show. <laughs> and I, and I was captured in a very uh, very cool picture that I was taken at that show. No big deal. Just yeah. jamming out. That actually, that Dave found that that's, was really yeah, cool. That, that, that's our yeah, that's our claim to fame. Steven is in a uh, for the. Bear vs. Shark reunion tour. He's in one of the promo photos they took for later in the tour. <laughs> my big claim to fame uh, is you know where to look in the dogleg video for Fox. You can see the top of my head in the back of the room. It's like, <laughs> where's Waldo? It's great. <laughs> Sweet. That's funny. Um, I'll still have the thing from my uh, my favorite lineup. Does anyone else got anything? You sounds like you're uh, up. <laughs> go ahead, Steven. I don't know. I mean, the Pike Room. If I let's see, I always wanted. To, I I would really like to play the Fillmore in Detroit. That's a that's a venue I'd really like to play. Um, as to oh, okay. So I think the lineup that I would like, if I were thinking of a good show that would pertain to us, would be. I want. I would like to, for us to be the opener, and then there is a band from Lansing called Wayne Zielinski that I think would be cool that would play after that and then a more popular band that would play after them would be like uh, um, like Manchester Orchestra I think yep that they're mine too I'd want to open for Manchester Orchestra uh, I love it's that a, band Circus Survive and I want to play at the Fox Theater that's, that's mine oh yeah the I, Fox Theater's good too absolutely love the fox theater i love seeing shows there and like my favorite place i love to sit like right in the front of the mezzanine like the lowest level of the balcony that's my favorite place to be at a show you can see everything you're still close ah love it miss going to shows. david man. what about you yeah. um honestly i haven't thought about it um i kind of gave up the rockstar dream so long ago because I mentioned before, like I was a guitar player before I joined this band, but I was never in a band, so I honestly don't know. It what about if like you weren't playing? Music. What about if you weren't playing with us? Like you were in your kind of band that played the music that you liked. So what kind Are of you asking? Were you in a band that was better? Yeah, Is that what you're yeah. asking? <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying. I yeah. Another band. <laughs> No, I mean, like, even just thinking of, like, bands I would like to play with, like, a lot of them are either on, like, indefinite hiatus or a lot of, like, older bands that, like, just aren't a thing anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, in my answer, Fugazi has been on hiatus since 2002. So just, just who do you want, man? Right. I mean, I'm trying to think of a way to answer without just, like, listing my favorite bands currently. (laughs) <laughs> what about like venue? What venue do you want to play at? That would be really cool. Ooh, dead air. All right. <laughs> what about you, you Chuck? Anything? Chuck, Chuck, I gotta imagine that Judas Priest is in there, right? <laughs> um, Priest is there. I will be seeing them at the Fox Theater in September. Nice, dude. Nice, um, dude. Got that as a birthday present. <laughs> so, um. Uh, with the current lineup um, that we have in our band, it really wouldn't work with with Priest or any of the bands that would would consider. But um, we'll just play Insane six times in a row, and that'll be our set. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, I I would probably like jump on stage and literally wet myself if i could play like open up for maiden or priest um that'd be awesome iron maiden especially would be awesome they are absolutely one of the most incredible live bands um from everything that i've seen everything that i've read um they absolutely i've watched the uh 
the live stream of their set at Wacken a couple years ago. And I mean, you're talking what three, four hundred thousand people in that crowd. And it was just they captivated the entire audience for the entire two hours that they played. Um, and it's amazing that it, you know, 60, 50, 60 plus years old, these guys are up there and they're still running around with more energy on stage than, um, you know, half the bands that you see today. Um, yeah. Priest, I saw them at Freedom Hill, I think it was last summer. Um, still to this day, they're absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know how it's 70 years old. Rob Halford can scream the way he does, but he does. I bet you practice is part of it. Like, Do what? He's, got seven, he's, been, he's been essentially practicing for 70 years, so, you know. He's just got a lot of experience. <laughs> well, yeah, but you'd think after this many years doing it, his voice would be would be wavering no. more than it is. I agree. I was making a bad joke. And I know um, Brian's not going to edit this out, so hooray for my, uh, my dead air. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> if anything, I'm going to take the moments of dead air and I'm going to edit them to make them longer. That sounds um, right. <laughs> I'm going to just duplicate all the silences. <laughs> the only other one that I would probably really like just kill to open for would be well now they're trans-siberian orchestra but it would have been sabotage for whatever reason they've always been one of my favorite bands um their original drummer was probably my biggest influence in playing and i would love to open for them that'd be cool um well i think i'm, I'm getting close to like that hour mark and i'm at my my girl's house so like i don't want to be on here too long so i'm gonna ask you one more question that uh is always a feel-good question and then we'll wrap wrap it up but um do any of you guys remember like a specific moment or if not a specific moment but just like a general thing that first made you realize that like you wanted to be a musician guitar hero <laughs> really? <laughs> I mentioned this um on a previous show we did and I think David has the same situation where um I wanted to play guitar after that game cuz I'm a, I'm a big gamer and I played the hell out of Guitar Hero when it came out and I loved the music at the time and I thought um I was really good at the game so I wanted to do the real thing and then I Got a guitar for Christmas, and then the rest was history. Huh. That's interesting. See, for me, um, actually, my grandfather, who is very talented at uh, piano and organ, I remember going to his house after school because my parents would be working, and he just loved playing the piano, and he would sing. Like, he really influenced me. I thought it was just the coolest thing. He was in a, a Detroit band playing the organ back in the 70s, a band called Frigid Pink. Uh, yeah, I remember I them. The coolest thing. Yeah. yeah, he was the organ player before they got the record deal. It dropped out <laughs> before that. But um, I don't know. I just thought it was so cool. And I remember like not liking anything on the radio. And then I discovered like in middle school, I found out that like oh there's stuff that's not Maroon 5 and that's not like the top 40 like things like um, My Chemical Romance Fall Out Boy uh, like yeah. that email alternatives like early 2000 stuff I just fell in love with it and I was just like yeah that's what I want to do like I want part of that just because I could relate to it so much and that's really what it was Gotcha. Chuck, do you want to go or do you want me to fill some time? Um, well, your answer is going to be really long. So Yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying this. Yeah, Because every I, I could, answer like, is long with you. I, I could tee up six answers if I wanted to. So I'm, that's why I'm going last. Um, uh, geez, I think it was probably just one of, the, uh, one of my best friends growing up played drums and 
I always thought it was pretty damn cool. And then a set got dropped off at my mom's house and was in the basement. So I decided to just start messing with it to see if I could learn. Um, and then it was just, uh, God, probably hearing, um, probably hearing bottom playing on some of the old Zeppelin tunes. It was just like, okay, that's the kind of shit that I just want to do. That's cool. So, you know, and then from there it evolved into Sabbath and, and, you know, Bill Ward on, on all the old Sabbath stuff, just going completely crazy. Um, it just, it, it all kind of just grabbed me once I actually started playing. I've always kind of just really liked listening to music, but to get up and actually play it, perform it, it's a completely different level. I mean, that's, that's the closest thing to, to a high that, that I ever get. Um, so. And and that first performance, it was just okay. I'm 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 hooked. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Dave, so, your novel. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, here's what I'm going to say first: is that I'm not going to go way back because Stephen's right. We we were on a previous recording podcast thing. If any listeners want to hear my story of way back when, uh, get at us on Twitter at the Something Goes. And I can find that audio and just share it with you. So the story I'm going to share instead is um, our first show that we played uh, was my first time playing with a band, playing original music in front of people. And I had been in a number of cover bands. I had written music before in a band that never had gotten on stage. I had been part of other original projects that had never got on stage, but it was like a big kind of nerve thing. And I, I didn't know what was out there in the scene at the time. And we were going on third and the second band of the night was uh, Alchemists, who I, I think Charlie, who, who was playing with them, has been on the show in the past. Um, but they, they got on there and it was just like it just hit me like like running into a wall like, oh, shit, there's really cool music happening out in the scene. And I never knew about it because I was busy like futzing around inside cover band project stuff so i watched them play for like 40 minutes and he was like i need to buy whatever you've got for for music and i need to take it home and listen to more of it um so for me like that was sort of the starting point where i was not super keen to play a show because i've never been keen to play shows prior to this band because it had always been kind of a chore and we got on stage i think before i felt that we were ready because i always waited way too long to get on stage and now it's like it's like if we had not done that I don't know how this would have panned out differently, but like so much of my social experience now is just trying to go to shows and just check out local bands. Cause the scene in Detroit is really awesome. And so that, that probably is the one that is uh, most uh, formational for me in the last five years, just, just going there and saying, Oh, there's a band out there that not only is awesome, but is awesome in a way that appeals to me specifically. And there's probably more. And it turns out there was cool. Well, I feel like, uh, do we leave anybody out? Do we feel like we got, we got all that? I feel like we, we got, got four. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, I think maybe one more time, if you guys just want to like plug, you said where to find your music, but if you want to like, right after this is when the, um, song is going to play, like you said, through the magic of editing. So do you want to just kind of plug that real quick and let people know like when they can expect more? Yeah, uh, this song is I Used to Be a Scientist. We're releasing it as a single on April 24th, unless something goes haywire, but that's the plan right now. Uh, it'll be on Bandcamp at the somethingothers.bandcamp.com. We are also, uh, for all of our other music available, should be on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music Plus, Google Plus uh, Store, or Google Play Store, and Deezer. Um, so whatever you're streaming, if it's not one of those five, um, I, I don't know what you're doing, but the, the, basically, whatever you want to hear us, you can hear us. Um, and we appreciate anyone who wants to get in touch with us and let us know if they liked it or didn't like it and want to check out a show or whatever. Cool. All right. There you have it, folks. The something others. And as promised, here is the new song. I used to be a scientist by the something others. Enjoy. Look at the light.
We live.